Bible, there's three things that are important, and you know this. What are they? The first one is, uh, you guys, the 9 a.m. blew you guys away. The, that's because there's so many first-time visitors and guests. So, okay, you ready? What is the most important thing? <laughs> that's my boy! <laughs> I love it. If, if you ever think this is a show, like I'm, di like I'm different off the, nope, man, this is it. This is a, you just got introduced to the McDonald family. Um, thank you, buddy. Second thing that's so important. Y'all let a nine-year-old, ten-year-old show you up. Third thing is. When you study scripture, context, context, context. So we're in the book of Joshua. We've got to go back to the beginning of the family that began the nation of Israel. And that would have been Father Abraham and many sons. Yeah, see, many sons had Father Abraham. He is the father of many nations. And that's why we sing that song and the waste time in Sunday school. <laughs> we... We love that song. It's a fun song to sing, but he was the father of the Israel nation. He's also the father of the, uh, the, the Muslim nations, and so he is the father of the nations. And so, but out of uh, Abraham, they uh, was a, a nation that was built, but they began actually in slavery in Egypt. So they, they're growing, they're in Egypt, they're in slavery, and uh, Moses comes back. And Moses comes in the ten plagues, and it's an amazing story. You need to read the, the, uh, the Bible because it's good. It's got some good stuff in there. And so Moses leads them out of, out of Egypt, across the Red Sea, into the wilderness. Uh, they're supposed to be going to the promised land, but they, they disobey, they complain, and it ends up taking them 40 years to get to where they needed to be. And, and we, we like to point out, like, oh, they're so, that's so terrible. When in truth is, the majority of the times when we know God's trying to take us somewhere, it takes him a lot longer to get us where we need to be than it should have. Can I get an Amen. All right, so I'm not the only one that struggles there. So we are, this is, so he brings them out of, uh, out of the wilderness, and so Joshua then leads them right to the edge of the promised land, and last, uh, the, two weeks ago, we talked about how uh, they were, uh, went into, across the Jordan River, and I, I wanted to point this out to you. I said this, like, kind of in passing, but I want, I want to make sure you grab this, is that the, the Joshua, as a leader, never did actually any of the actual action. He didn't do the leading. He wasn't the one who stepped into the Jordan. He was the one who equipped men to step into the Jordan. The men that were stepped into it are nameless. And, and, and then they walk around the Jericho, and the walls come tumbling down, but the men who led that are nameless men. Joshua was equipping them, empowering them, and, and giving them direction. But what was taking place was, was by men who said, it's not about my name. It's not about my legacy. It's about what I want to, uh, what the glory of God working through me, that something greater can happen through me. And so you see this, this happens, and, and uh, we get to the place where the walls come come tumbling down, and, and there's this, in the story, let me, let me go there, Joshua uh, chapter 6, uh, if you can't throw that up there, Joshua chapter 6, verse 20, says, when the people heard the sound of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could, suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it, keep going, they just completely destroyed everything in it with their swords, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, goats, donkey, and donkeys, meanwhile, let me, let me just stop there. I, I need you to catch this. Because we, we do, a, I think we, one of the biggest disservices we can do is, is beautify the Bible. This is not a pretty scene. This is not like all the walls came tumbling down and all the enemy fainted and they took, a, no. This was a gruesome, 
um, like, um, like you, you see, everything was killed. I mean, the donkeys, I mean, every one of them, everything was destroyed in that city. So if you can, we, we don't understand this because we've, well, some of you that have served and thank you so much for your service, you understand a little bit this, but most of us can't comprehend what it's like to see a battle. We don't understand the agony. I've, I've, I've sat down with, with veterans who have told me about the smell. It's a unique smell in battle. And, and, and how it's, it's different than anything. And that, you got to kind of put yourself in this. This is not a, a pretty picture. This is, this is a gruesome picture. It's the, the, the sounds that you can imagine. The, the, the shields and the, the swords and the, the, the cries of death that are taking place. It's not... It's not, it's not a, it's not a pretty, pretty sight. And this is what's taking place, but there's a, there's a stream. Anytime God's doing something, there's just, there's a, this, there is some beauty that's wrapped into all the agony that we cause in our world. And this is where you see it. He says, Joshua said to the two spies, keep your promise. Go to the prostitute's house and bring her out, along with all her family, the men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, mother, brothers, and all the other relatives who were with her. Now, you need to understand that that size of that house probably was about the size of the stage. That's a lot of people living in that, like crammed in that house. You know Rahab went out going, hey guys, something serious is going to happen. And, and we're, we're gonna, you don't, you're going to die if you don't get in this house. Hmm. I didn't say this in the first service. But it's time that we act like Rahab. And we go out there, guys, I know our building's small, but listen, listen, you got to hear me. You're go you, there's something coming. There's a judgment coming. There is a real hell and there's a real heaven. And I want you to be with me in heaven. And be like, I don't care how uncomfortable it's going to make me. I don't know how crammed it's going to be. I don't care that we got to put out extra chairs and we got to add. I don't care. I'm, I'm willing to do it. Jam that house full, because there's, there's consequences to not knowing the truth. I'll, keep pre I'll, I'll, I'll stop, because that's a rabbit trail that I really want to go down, but I'm going to... Yeah, they moved uh, they, all the other relatives with her. They moved her whole family to a safe place near the camp of Israel. I'm going to come back to this in a minute, but here, here's what I, I want you to grab is this person that is saved, and this beauty is this woman named Rahab, and every time she's mentioned, it's Rahab the prostitute. Any of you got like a past that's like, you are, I, I shared this a couple weeks ago, I, turns out I have a nickname, I was throwing out like these, like, you know, nicknames that people have, and someone said, what about Josh the jerk? Like, really? I was like, I prefer Josh the the passionate, Josh the, like, hey, Josh the crazy, Josh the jerk. That might have been my 13-year-old that came up with that, but I don't, I'm just saying, it's just, I don't, I'm not buying it. Uh, um, but you, you ever, like, feel like your past is what defines you? And, and you're, you're trying to get away from it, you're trying to hide from it? <laughs> Rahab doesn't just get called Rahab the prostitute in Joshua. In Hebrews, Hebrews chapter, uh, go ahead and throw that up. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. It, this is in the New Testament. It says, it was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. The prostitute. Some, sometimes we try to run away from our past when God says, I want to use your past. 
I want to use your story. I want to use what you think is negative and actually bring glory to him. Because if God can use a prostitute, God can use you. And again, it's this, this, it's this ugly past that God wants to bring beauty out of. And I had a couple weeks ago, I, I, um, well, it was about a couple months ago, this, uh, we, we're a church that believes in the Spirit of God moving. We believe he's active today. We believe that, that we can in, in have an experience with him and that he is able to equip us to do things that is far beyond our ability. But sometimes we over, like, just like, kind of skip over it and like, oh, that was cool. That's kind of coincidence that that happened. Uh, a couple weeks ago, or a couple months ago, my wife uh, went to a little uh, gathering about uh, human trafficking, about prostitutes. And uh, she met uh, and heard from a woman named Jocelyn Hampshire, who's going to speak to us in just a moment. It was just a passing, and she mentioned to me, hey, we need to get connected to the Tuscarora uh, uh, Tusk Against Trafficking. We need to get involved in that. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's, that's a good idea. Then I kept hearing this other guy's name, this guy named Bruce, Bruce Hampshire. Bruce Hampshire's doing this toward the gold ministries. And I'm like, man, that, that guy must be pretty cool. I need, to get, I need to get connected to him. And then I went to a leadership conference uh, over here at PAC, uh, Tuscarora, the, over at Kent State PAC, uh, the Provia Leadership Conference and uh, Summit, and uh, went over there. And there's Bruce Hampshire actually is up there talking. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab him. I'm just going to do it. Uh, and so I, after the, the event was over, I, he was in the lobby, and I went, walked up to him, hey, I, I want to grab coffee with you sometime, maybe lunch, whatever. So we ended up getting connected. The lunch, the coffee turned into like, like an hour and a half, two hours of us just talking. And what was cool is, uh, I don't know if you realize this, but you're part of a miracle. Uh, authentic church is a miracle. You need to understand that. Like, what is happening six and a half years ago, this didn't exist. A year and a half ago, this building wasn't here for us to come together. So you're, you're part of something that's not normal. You, if it's not normal, then it's a miracle, right? You need to, you need to grab hold of that. Like what, The impact you're making and the impact you're going to make and the impact you don't even realize you're making is a miracle. But even greater than that, and kind of zooming out a little bit, is the impact that's happening in Tuscarawas County and surrounding counties of churches coming together. And, and you, you, you've heard me say, hey, we are, we are for church, other churches, we're with them. And, and a lot of times we get like this idea, especially like pastors, we think we got to create events where we all come together. And it ends up being a bunch of people that I drug to this event. And they, they're like, I'm going because you're making me. And, and it's, it's, it, it, that's not unity. That's, I mean, it's a show of unity. But true unity is us being for one another and the visions that other churches are doing. Because there's things other churches are doing that we can't do that God hasn't called us to do. They've got talents and blessings and things that they're doing, and there's things that we're able to do that they're not do doing. So that, and that's the beauty of the church is that we're coming together and we're for each other. And as we're talking, we're having this, this conversation, and I, it was just highlighting the fact that there's things happening in Tuscarawas County, and, and part of it, a lot of it has to do with Christians being involved in non-Christian organizations. And that's what it means to be a part of the Dream Team. Dream Team is here. But Dream Team is us coming along, the church coming alongside of you to go for you to infiltrate the world. I could preach right there for a minute. Uh, but that's, our, that's, that's what the Dream Team is. We want to equip you. And so I, I uh, spoke with him, and one of the things that, that we, I just had to hit on was this idea that human trafficking is happening in our community. And if we just stand by and don't talk about it, we are foolish and not doing the work of Jesus Christ. 
And so uh, I have, uh, I'm going to bring Jocelyn up here. Jocelyn Hampshire is, and I want you to give her your full undivided attention. Come on, stand. Welcome her. It's all yours. very much. You may be seated. You may be seated. Thanks so much for having me in. First of all, I just have to say I love this church. Uh, I was here for the morning service, obviously. It just I felt so welcome. But this is the coolest screen. You realize that. Do you guys have movie nights here? Because you really need to. This is just a really cool screen. But um, today I do want to talk about human trafficking. And I know that's a little unsettling and that's a little heavy and dark. And to talk about that on a Sunday morning, it's like, eh, do we really want to do that? And I believe also that this is the perfect place to talk about human trafficking because I believe that God has called us as the body of Christ to get involved in this fight and also to walk alongside people who are vulnerable to it, walk alongside each other. Um, I'm so glad you brought up Rahab. Uh, tremendous story. Rahab was welcomed into community and, and was able to experience hope, redemption, life, right, uh, because of her step of faith, but it took people penetrating the darkness. It took people on mission going in, right? And so that is so cool. That is what I feel like we've been called to do. And when I, when I think about human trafficking and, and sharing encouragement, I think about Jesus and what he did with his disciples in Matthew 16 when he led his disciples to a really dark place, Caesarea Philippi. And in that place, he, he walked them um, where no self-respecting Jew would ever go, but he led them there. And in this place was where they worshipped this, this false god Pan and all kinds of awful things. There was this huge rock he led them to. And at the foot of this rock was a cave called the Gates of Hades where they thought was the entrance to the underworld. And there was a temple there. And on top of the rock was where they had child sacrifice and did all kinds of acts of sexual immorality and just to worship Pan. And so he leads them to this place. And this is where he says, who do you say that I am? And Peter confessed that he, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus affirms him. And he says, you are Peter and on this rock, meaning Peter, right, because Peter was going to be leading the New Testament church and the foundation of which he was going to be laid on, on him. But here, it's no, no coincidence that there was this enormous rock and the gates of Hades, right, right here. And he says, and on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Amen? And so I believe that his, his power, his kingdom, obviously, we know is going to prevail, and he's leading the way. We can be light, his light, in the darkness, okay? So I invite you um, today to shift, shift perspective a little bit, because I know sometimes as we learn more and we become more aware, it's scary. But I want to invite you today to think about as we learn more and awareness, uh, become more aware, I want you to think it's power. It's power, because we can stand against it, okay? We know what to look for. We had a situation, um, we had an, uh, someone contact me um, from across the country. And this just shows you the power of awareness. She was learning about trafficking. She saw it in her city. She was reading headlines. Um, and she was also communicating with somebody uh, in Tusk County uh, she had a friendship with. And, and basically was hearing a lot of red flags from this individual of what was happening, and it was very unsettling. She contacted us, she found us on the internet, contacted us, we were able to contact law enforcement, and they were able to go and, and explore that situation. That is the power of awareness, one phone call, 
one phone call, guys. So keep that in mind. Um, so let's talk. Let's talk about human trafficking this morning. What is it? And I'm sure you've been seeing things more and more, billboards, Facebook. Uh, we're talking about it more and more, which I'm so thankful for. Um, but it's modern day slavery, where people are profiting and from the control and exploitation of other people. We see it in sex trafficking, labor trafficking. Um, I know you guys have talked about it here in one of your connect groups. That's awesome. Um, so that's what it is. It's people exploiting other people for their own gain and profit. Who does it affect? It can affect anybody. Men, women, children, okay? Um, it can happen to anybody, rich, poor, any race. Um, it's just, there are risk factors though that will that'll make more people people more susceptible and more vulnerable, okay? And I'll just, I'll just name a couple. Um, we've got unaccompanied minors, and I'll talk more about them in a little bit, that have been placed in our county. Uh, we have foreign nationals, documented and undocumented, who, who are living here, that are, that are vulnerable. We've got kids in the foster care system. We've got 20,000 kids that are coming out of the system when they hit 18, and that's, that's nationwide. Okay, that's unsettling. We're, I've got kids that are, you know, aging out of my home, and we, they're, I mean, we're relatively stable. Okay, so I can't imagine these kids that don't have that connection um, as they age out. They're vulnerable to traffickers, okay? Homeless youth, runaway youth. Um, these are just some. People with uh, developmental disabilities are vulnerable. Those that have grown up with, with parents who are, who are using substances and are exposed to that, and there's addiction going on. Vulnerable, okay? Um, but the, the bottom line here is the risk goes up, the vulnerability goes up when there's a lack of connection, a lack of connected, supportive, and stable relationships in people's lives, okay? And I believe that's where we come in, I really do. So who are the traffickers? What do these people look like? There's no standard profile, okay? It, they can be anybody, men and women, all right? Men and women. Um, it's anyone who uses force or fraud or coercion to exploit somebody else. They can lie, I've got this great job for you. You'll make lots of money, you can send it back to your family, and when they get there, it switches. You owe me money, I got you here. Okay, so they can lie, they're great liars. There's coercion, threats, manipulation, fear. We will hurt you. We will hurt your family. Okay, there's that kind of stuff going on. There's physical force. Um, so it can be anybody and they're good at what they do. They're manipulators, okay? They're smooth, they're smooth talkers. Um, so where is it happening? It's happening in all 50 states. It's happening here in Ohio. Ohio is the fourth state in the nation for human trafficking reporting, okay? Um, California, Texas, Florida, and then Ohio. So it's happening here. Uh, it's happening in homes. It's happening in hotel rooms, uh, truck stops, strip clubs. It's happening online. Pornography is a tool used in trafficking, not only to train those being trafficked, but filming those who are being trafficked, okay? Um, it is on farms, happening on farms, uh, in our businesses, salons, restaurants. Um, it's, it's everywhere, okay? Uh, Tuscross County, it is here. 
We've identified 14 victims in the last several years, and that's just identified. We know if there's 14 identified, there's more that have not been identified, and even more who are at risk. All right. we, have, um, we are the third highest county in the state that has received unaccompanied minors. And what that means is we have children, minors, who are coming across the border and who are placed in our county. They come across that border with no parents. So they are placed with sponsors. The sponsors may be people that, are, that say they're family or that our family and say, hey, I'll take them. It may be other people. Our system is weak, okay? So there's little follow-up. We don't know exactly what happens to these kids. Some may fall through the cracks. Some may be taken out of school and we don't know what happens to them. The system is broken, okay? So that's alarming. Um, we have suspected labor trafficking at farms uh, around, the, around the, the county, around the community. Uh, Northeast Ohio has a sex industry. There was a report done several years ago, and in a three-month span, Dover and New Philly had 26 escorting service ads. Okay? Uh, Canton had many. Fairlawn, many. So we know Cleveland. I mean, we know it's, it's here. Um, so, what are we looking for? What are some possible red flags? And there's so many. I brought some materials for you back on the back stand there. You please grab those. Those are, are, are listed there, but I'm just going to name a few. If you would see somebody or run into somebody who has somebody that's with them that's controlling, they don't let them speak for themselves. Okay, if someone can't speak English, they'll refuse an interpreter for them, a translator. Um, it's somebody who might actually, body language-wise, they're very oppressive and very towering. They might glare at them. You just kind of watch. Um, but they'll, they'll have little control. So um, it might be a parent, a parent who's controlling. It might be um, an older boyfriend. It might be just an influencer in this person's life. But you can see that, that there's uh, some control going on there. They ha may have little or very few or no possessions with them. Uh, they might not have IDs, identification documents. They might not have control of bank, their bank, their money, uh, bank accounts and their money. Um, they may get paid very little and work crazy long hours. Okay, so these are just some of the signs uh, or red flags that you that you take notice of. If you're talking to an individual, they would appear anxious. Um, they very hyper vigilant, nervous tense. Uh, they might be very submissive, uh, depressed, okay. Um, they might share a scripted story. It might be very robotic, very rehearsed, and you could, you could see that. It might be an inconsistent story where things aren't adding up. There's lots of holes. Um, you also obviously want to look for signs of physical abuse. Okay, so malnourishment, um, recurring injuries, bruises, cuts, burns, that kind of thing. Anything that seems off, pay attention to. Sometimes we can dismiss that stuff. You go, ah, it's just my imagination. If your gut's off, pay attention. Um, I was driving down the highway and saw a young girl walking on the shoulder of the highway. She had just a small backpack. On, on her back, and she was walking down the highway, uh, crawling over the guardrail and headed toward the truck stop. That bothered me, and so I called the authorities on that one. Um, if, you, if you hear your kids talking, 
all right? And they talk about kids at school, maybe that they're missing a lot of school. Maybe they're, they're acting differently, you know, grades dropping, that kind of thing. You want to pay attention to that. Um, kids talking, hey, she's got an older boyfriend, and I don't know where she's getting all these gifts. Man, she's getting some nice stuff. You want to pay attention to that, okay? Um, kids running away, couch surfing, that kind of stuff. Those are our red flags, and, and you, want to, you want to do something about that. So what can we do? If you see something community that's fishy, that's off, that you don't feel comfortable with, you want to call 911, okay? Um, it's better to play it safe than sorry. You don't want to get involved in the situation because for safety, for your safety and also for the safety of the victim. If there is a trafficker with that person, they can pay the consequences for our intervening, all right? So you want to call the authorities. Get a license plate if you can, but call the authorities. Prevention-wise, what can we as the body of Christ do? What's powerful and practical um, and proactive? What can make a difference? Pray. Pray. We've got prayer guides I brought along. There's some back there. Um, you can see Josh if you want a copy, but they're just terrific scriptures, um, things we can pray for our community um, over those that are being trafficked, um, just and how we as the body of Christ can, can get involved and, and let God lead us. Um, the next thing, continue to learn more. Please continue to educate yourselves. There's great books. There are resources available on, if you go to tuskagainsttrafficking.org, um, you are going to see uh, links there, resources for you, for your kids. Um, there's online kinds of things that you want to check out. Um, so, but just continue to learn more. Educate your kids. Talk to them about uh, what does healthy relationship look like? Uh, what does online safety look like? Please talk to them about boundaries because that's how traffickers work. They groom. Please talk to them about boundaries. Um, talk to them about not covering for their friends, okay? Because that's another thing that kids will, kids will do. We've got all kinds of resources if you're interested. We've got videos. You can talk to me. We've got youth group curriculum, uh, all kinds of stuff, okay? So please continue to learn more and educate your kids. Mentoring, mentoring. We've got opportunities for men and women to walk alongside teens. Uh, we mentor at the group home. We also mentor in two schools, and we are looking for mentors to pour into our teens. <coughs> Financially, you can give. You can give to Tusk Against Trafficking. Um, you can fundraise. We always are in need of marketing materials just to, again, get awareness out there. Uh, toward the Goal Ministries, um, our heartbeat is to walk alongside vulnerable groups, and we're doing that. And I just want to say, guys, God shows up. We have done stuff scared, okay? We have felt him calling. We have prayed. We have stepped out. And it is amazing how we experience him and how he has opened doors to walk alongside people. So um, you can give financially there to help us with, with that kind of stuff. You can speak up and support legislation that combats human trafficking. And sometimes we think, okay, I don't want to do that. It, I'm telling you, polarisproject.org makes it simple. You go online, and you can just type in your name, and you can send an already scripted email to your representatives. Okay, It's just simple. So you can get involved there as far as uh, supporting legislation that protects victims. Okay, um, We can address pornography. That's big. 
we can walk together and talk about it. You guys, I know you've got Conquer Series groups here, and that's awesome. Thank you so much. Not only do we as not only do men need to walk together, but women need to walk together. Women struggle with this as well. Um, so let's talk about it. Let's walk together. Um, let's talk to our kids about it. Okay, it's awesome. I'm so excited that you guys are doing that. Um, and also, we can connect with agencies in our community that would serve high-risk individuals, the homeless shelter, uh, the domestic violence shelter. Just how can we help? How can we walk alongside? What do you need done? That kind of stuff. And also, you can join the task force, the coalition. And again, there's stuff back there you can uh, check out and contact numbers you can have for that. But I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your hearts. Um, for the Lord, thank you for your hearts, for walking alongside people. We can be hope and light. Um, we can engage uh, in people's lives and walk alongside them. Uh, we, need to get, we need to walk into darkness, be the light in the darkness. Um, lives are messy. We're all, we all have messy lives, right? And so we want to walk alongside people and um, walk together toward Christ. So thank you very much for your time. I want to encourage you to take those steps. And as I said earlier, the being, uh, we talk about the growth track being our on-ramp to authentic church. But more importantly, it is, uh, we, we, the, it's the purpose is to get you uh, equipped to come alongside those groups that she just mentioned. Uh, we have the Conquer series. We, got the, uh, we're gonna be, we have a connect group out there for Big Brother, Big Sister. Uh, we got a, there's 30 uh, young men on the waiting list uh, that don't have a, a Big Brother. And so I, my, 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 I'm praying that by the time we go through this next season, get ourselves equipped to lead and be a big brother. Uh, we're going to walk through that uh, together on that journey. And then once we're done, that they were like, oh, we're, we need to recruit more kids because we've taken them all off the list. Amen? Amen. Well, what's interesting is she was speaking and, and going through that and the, this, the, the, the prostitute Rahab. There's a powerful thing that, that she connected here. In, in Joshua chapter 6, verse 22, it says, uh, I, I finished, I held off on that part. If you can throw that last part up there, it says, they, Meanwhile, the Joshua said to the two spies, Go down to the bottom there. Keep going. Uh, one more. The, uh, Joshua said, Spared Rahab, the prostitute, and her relatives who were with her in the house because she had hidden the spies of Joshua. One more verse. It says, uh, and she lives among, uh, okay, go back one. <laughs> Says that, uh, all the rest, they took her to a safe place. Did I miss they, he took them to a safe place outside of Jericho, and, but not inside the camp of the, of the Israelites. Why? Because she was unclean. She was a prostitute. But then just two verses later, it says that she was, oh, they moved their whole family to a safe place in the camp of Israel. But two verses later, it says that uh, Joshua moved them, to, uh, that she was among the Israelites. She went from being outside, and several verses later, she's among them. It's, it's from verse 22 to 25, something changes. And it's, here, here's what I want you to understand, is there's a difference between being connected or being safe and being connected. See, it's our responsibility to create an opportunity for just what Joshua was talking about, is walking and creating a place where we're going to have the opportunity to be used by God to see people saved from sex trafficking. That's our responsibility. But we also need to place, create a place where it's comfortable for them to connect. It's also true for you. 
See, a lot of times we, we come to a, a church a gathering here, and we think, well, I, I, I come to church. I'm, I'm part of that, and I'm, I'm here, so I'm saved. And that's good. That's a great thing to be. You're not, as, as in Rahab's situation, you're not dead. But you need to be connected. There's a big difference. But what causes her to go from being saved to being connected? What moved her from outside the camp to being inside the camp? And it's interesting, you, there's no, no re- reference to this in Joshua. You've got to go all the way to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 1, verse 2, uh, it was where we're going to start. It says that Abraham was the father of Isaac. So here we go. We've got the begats, and the begats are there for a reason. You ready? So it says the father of Isaac, uh, uh, Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez, and it's almost like a rap, and Judah the father of Perez, and Jacob. And Jerob by Tamar, and Tamar the father of Hezron, and and Hezron the father of Ram. And Ram. somebody is supposed to start beatboxing at some point there. You, you, I didn't have a rhythm. You messed me up. <laughs> and, and, and Abinadab, the father of Nashon, and Nashon, watch here, the father of Solomon. You didn't realize there's Jamaicans there, did you? Solomon. That was a, uh, the father of Solomon. And here's what you need to understand is the father of Solomon was this, was he was the prince of Judah. Now, for us, that's like the prince of Judah. What's that mean? The prince of Judah means he was the one leading the tribe of Judah. Judah was the tribe that led the praise and worship for the nation of Israel. So as they were walking around Jericho, Solomon would have been leading with his his, his breastplate with the the lion in front of him uh, on the front of it representing the tribe of worship and praise and he would have been walking around and as they walked around he would have noticed the scarlet cord coming out of the wall and he would have maybe Rahab was looking out at some point there was a moment where he got connected maybe it was as they were walking around or maybe it was after he met her as she was in the camp but there was a moment where he looked at, at Rahab and he was like Girls like you, boys like me. So, <laughs> he didn't sing that. He didn't. I, I, <clears throat> Adam Levine wasn't there. <laughs> I almost wish he wasn't here. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but there was a moment where there's a, there a spark. There's that moment where they, 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 they connected. And, but some, because he was the one who was leading praise and he met a woman, I believe he met a woman that wasn't just praising because she was part of the tribe. She was praising because she had a reason to praise. She had a reason to rejoice and to thank a God that saved her and her family. She had a reason to get out into that camp and give God glory because something had changed in her life. She was saved. And he saw that and he connected with that. And they become this couple, this power couple that Solomon is married to, is the father of Boaz by Rahab. And Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth, who, here's what you need to understand. Boaz was the one who, Ruth was the one who was a Gentile, who moves to Israel with her mother-in-law, Naomi, as a person who is not connected. She comes in and and Boaz is the one who redeems her. He's called the Kingsman Redeemer. And then by Obed, by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, oh yeah, that's the father of David, the king. David, the king. Prostitute, 
to king. King David, lineage continues on, to the Savior, Jesus. Prostitute, king, Savior. See, the power here is when you go from being saved to being connected. See, the, in, in, in connect groups, it's not just a place where you hang out and have fun and you play softball. That's good, that, and we love that part of it. There's a value there, but there's something that happens within a connect group that you have to grab hold and understand. See, you, you've never really seen you. You've never really seen you. Grab that for a second. You, you cannot see you fully. Because even if you look in a mirror, you're actually seeing the reverse of you. We get a picture of you. Oh, that's me. That's just a flat version of you. Oh, I can take a movie, but that's still not 3D. Still, there's, there's elements that are missing. You, you, see, you have to, have to truly understand and see the projection of who you are you have to have a vertical relationship with your God and a horizontal relationship with those around you. See, there's, there's times where you need somebody to look at you and go, hey, from your perspective, you didn't see the booger. I see the booger. <laughs> we, we need people around us, and that's what connect groups do. They first, they, they help you project. They help you get the right projection of who you are. They, you, you get the right image of who you are. You're connected to people around you so that you are able to understand, hey, there's some things in me that might need tweaked. There's some, the ways, there's some things, that, the way I communicate is not the best. There's some things I'm missing. And, and we like to have a, either, and it goes two ways. Some of us really like to have a really good self-image and we think really high of ourselves. And trust me, you ain't that good. There's others of us, though, that have a negative image of ourselves. And you need some people around you to, that you know, man, you're doing good. You're, you're, you're on the right path. Keep going. You got this. And that's what connect groups do. They also place where you are protected. You're protected by, by, by those around you that they're going to say, hey, there's some things going on. That's the beauty of the Conqueror series. See, you, you, some of you are going, I, I, I can't join that because then if I join that, then everybody will think I'm, I'm addicted to porn. That's not the point of the series. The point of the series is that you understand that you could be, and you're going to protect yourself against it. The point of the series is you're going to protect your children from being addicted to it. You're going to create an, an environment in your home that is not allowing it into your place. It's, it's a place where, where you are protected, and then... The most valuable thing about connects groups is where you produce. Produce. See, you weren't ever meant to do life alone because what God wants out of you is greater than you. And when you connect you with others and you go after things that are bigger than you, we're, as a church, we're able to do greater and greater things because we're not by ourselves.